Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. And is pre-recorded. There are some sayings, there are some truths in Scripture that are tough for people to swallow. Truths like man's depravity. A man's not seeking God. He's totally depraved. He's not just a sinner. He's a sinner to his core. Every part of him has fallen. Truths like God's strictness about sexual purity, about sex between only a husband and a wife. That's hard for people in our promiscuous society to embrace. And yet that's what the Bible teaches. Truths like God's wrath. God is angry with the wicked, the Bible says, all the day long. And eternal hell, that it is, you mean, for forever? He doesn't annihilate us? That's right, it's forever and ever. Doctrines like these are offensive to the natural man. As a matter of fact, many false teachings have grown into apostate denominations simply because people give their own reasoning more credence than the unchanging Word of God. One large group came about because someone decided that the Trinity did not make sense to them. Therefore, Jesus could not really be God. They actually wrote their own modified version of the Bible to make it fit their preconceived notions. There are countless other examples of people rejecting the parts of the Bible that they don't like or don't understand. Friends, we can't do that. It's like the combination to a safe. If I leave out one of the numbers, you can't open the safe. You need the whole combination. In the same way, Jesus told us to proclaim the gospel. If we only tell part of the message, people won't hear the message. Welcome to Verse by Verse. Pastor teacher Steve Kreloff is leading us in a series of lessons from the 10th chapter of Matthew's gospel. Pastor Steve has been the teaching pastor since 1981 at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. Jesus gave his disciples and us some warnings that as we share his message, we will face opposition, sometimes violent opposition. But he went on to tell us why we don't need to fear that resistance. We can't be afraid and still tell the message the way Jesus wants it told. That's another important topic for us to consider today on Verse by Verse. Now, let me try to put this together because we need to connect the dots and see how this relates to overcoming our fear of, of witnessing boldly for him. The Lord is saying that there's no reason to fear those who will harm you because in the end, their true character and their actions will be uncovered for everyone to see. And our true character and our true actions will be made known to everyone too. In other words, what he's saying is don't worry about what anybody says about you how much they slander you, how much your reputation is destroyed, because in the end, God will vindicate you by revealing the truth about you. That's precisely what the Lord means by this. In the end, all of that character assassination that you have endured will be cleared up. You Jewish believers who've had family members say that you're traitors, tell you that you can't even be Jewish and believe in Jesus, all that's going to be cleared up. They'll know the truth about you. Those of you who've come from other backgrounds, Catholic backgrounds, and you've been hassled by your, your family, 
all that is going to be cleared up. Those of you who've come from pagan backgrounds and, and your, uh, your friends can't believe that you have wasted your life following Christ, all that's going to be cleared up. And all those co-workers who slander you today by calling you intolerant, self-righteous fanatics, someday they're going to know the truth about you. Not now, but someday. And those family members and relatives who today falsely accuse you of being that religious fool will in the end understand the truth about you. You were not a fool. You followed the Lord. Some today, though they might label you as a person, as I said, who just wasted your life believing in, in a God you can't see and a book that they claim is filled with errors. They'll understand that on that day, you followed the king of the universe and you believed in an inerrant book. It's interesting, and I believe in the providence of God, this, this happened this week, that I received a letter from my very first roommate at the University of South Florida. This is when I went in the school um, as, a, as a freshman unbeliever. I came out of the school as a Christian. And I received this letter from my first roommate at the University of South Florida. And I'm going to read a part of it to you because it gives you a little taste of what it will be like on that day when the truth about us will be finally made known to all. He writes this, Dear Steve, it's been an eternity, but I am sure you'll remember your freshman USF roommate. I recently, last December, was saved and accepted Christ as my Savior, which, as you know, has been the most important thing that I've ever done in my life. I was sitting at my desk this morning, and you just popped into my head. I really haven't thought about you in, in years. Nice to know I made such an impact on this <laughs> man's life. But, and, and it's been about 35 years, but he said, but I googled your name, meaning that he looked me up on the internet and was amazed and brought to tears that you have continued your ministry, that I remember you starting when we were roommates. I clearly remember you going to Bible study on the weekend nights and also remember that I thought you were crazy, wasting your time that way when there was booze and other delights available. As I now know, you had it right all along. If I did or said anything to offend you, I now humbly apologize and ask your forgiveness. Folks, the, the very realization that my old roommate came to, that I wasn't crazy and I didn't waste my life following Christ, that's the realization that everyone will come to about us, about all of us. Everyone will come to know that about all believers when Jesus returns. So here's the question that we need to, to really ask. How does this truth about everything being revealed, how does it help us today in overcoming the fear of witnessing? And the answer to that question is this. It's only because we fear being slandered and rejected and mistreated that we refrain from boldly speaking about Christ. I mean, that's, that's the bottom line. That's really the bottom line. We're afraid of what others think about us. We're afraid of being rejected. We don't, we don't want to be thought of in a negative light, we, we want people to think highly of us. And so we tend to either not speak up for Christ when we should, or if we do speak up for him, we tend to water down the gospel so that we don't say anything that's offensive. We might say something generic like, God loves you, God bless you, something like that. But what Jesus is telling us is that it really doesn't matter what the world says about us, what they think about us, actually what they do to us, because in the end, the truth will triumph. Not right now, but you can trust him for this. 
in the end, the truth will triumph. See, if you understand that everything hidden will be revealed, then you really never need be concerned about toning down your witness for Christ because your reputation might be destroyed. Let, let me assure you, it will be destroyed. If the world thinks highly of you, it's probably because you have not spoken out boldly for Christ. If you're popular with the world, usually something is wrong. In the end, though, everyone will know the truth about you, that you were not some religious crazed person, but rather you were God's precious child, genuine follower of the Savior, the Lord, the Messiah. So don't hold back proclaiming the gospel out of fear of what others might think. That's the point. Boldly, fearlessly witness for Christ. And that is precisely why Jesus went on to command his apostles to proclaim openly the things that he said to them in private. Notice verse 27. He said, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light. And what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. The essential meaning, now we'll, we'll dig into this in a moment, but the essential meaning of these words is that those things that Jesus has already been telling the apostles privately and what they would hear from his lips in days to come in the future, they were to openly and courageously proclaim publicly. What I've told you in private, I want you to proclaim publicly. When he says, now watch this, when, I when he says, what I tell you in darkness, speak in the light, he's using the words darkness and, and light, not in a literal sense, but in a figurative sense. What he means is this, what I tell you when we're alone, when, when we're in private, hidden from the ears of others, I want you to proclaim openly and in broad daylight. So he's using darkness to just mean private, behind the scenes, and in the light to speak of daylight openly. And when he says, what you hear whispered in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops, he means the things that you hear me say quietly behind closed doors, I want you to proclaim out loud from the rooftops for everyone to hear. Now, let me dig into this for you a little bit so that you can understand what he's talking about, because there are two things mentioned here that, that are related to the culture of that day. And if you, if you don't understand the culture and how these things related, you can still get the essential meaning, but the richness of this will not be there. First of all, when Jesus speaks of whispering in the ear of his disciples, he is referring to one of the techniques that the rabbis used of that day in training their disciples in public speaking. A rabbi would come next to his disciple and whisper something in his ear, and then that disciple was to repeat it out loud. That was a technique used by the Jewish rabbis of that day. And that's precisely what Jesus is telling his disciples to do. He said, consider my words as having been whispered in your ears, just like the rabbis do, and now repeat them out loud for everyone to hear. So they would have understood that, just using something related to a common practice of his day. Secondly, when Jesus said that we are to take that which he has whispered in our ears and proclaim it upon the rooftops, he's referring to the common custom of that day of making a public announcement from somebody's roof. The, the roofs of that day in Israel were not slanted. They didn't have any snow to come down from the roof. So it was a flat roof. People would actually go up there in the, in the hot summer months to cool off. Some would even sleep 
up there. So he's talking about standing on the rooftop, getting to the highest place, and just shouting a message out loud. In other words, the thought is what I've told you in private, publicly shouted from the highest platform, which would be your, the roof of your house, so that others will hear the message. Now, that's, that's what this means. Now, I don't know what you do on your rooftop. About all I've ever done on my rooftop is repair shingles and watch space shuttle launches. So we will have to consider how to apply those instructions to our situation today. And we will do that as soon as we greet those who just tuned in. Welcome to Verse by Verse with Pastor Teacher Steve Kreloff of Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. You know, I just can't see someone standing in this day and culture on the top of their house and preaching. At least I can't see them getting positive results that way. Let's get back to class now and find out how to adapt what Jesus said to people of that culture to the people in our culture. Here is Pastor Steve. Now, folks, want to stop here and consider for a few minutes how this command of Jesus to publicly proclaim what's been told to us privately can be applied to us today, because there are some rather significant implications from this command, and we don't want to miss them. First of all, what we learn from the statement by Jesus is that everything, and I mean everything that he's revealed to us, must be proclaimed to others. And if everything is to be proclaimed, then there must be no truth that God has revealed that's to be held back. Now, I don't know if you've ever thought about it, so I'm going to help you to think about it. But by this one statement, Jesus has condemned all religiously oriented organizations, lodges, any fraternal orders that have secretive rites and ceremonies. Those who claim to have some type of, of biblical orientation, but they do this, are not biblical at all. Any organization that claims to have any hidden or mysterious secrets reserved only for its elite members is not an organization approved by God. Jesus himself made the case right here. He said that whatever he has made known to his followers, which means the word of God in its entirety, it's to be made known publicly to all. So folks, understand that, that true biblical Christianity has no hidden messages reserved for the privileged few. It's all out there. What we've learned, we share with others. All the truths that God has revealed in his word, the Bible, those truths are to be made known to all. We have no spiritual secrets. We have no hidden agendas. We have no private messages reserved only for a select few people. Whatever God has revealed to his apostles and they wrote it down, we call it the New Testament, that's to be shared with all. No secretive, hidden messages. Second implication about Christ's words to proclaim the truth for all to hear is that when Jesus commands us to speak in public what he has revealed in private, he means that we have a responsibility to make sure that all Scripture is proclaimed. And that means even the very hard truths, the hard sayings of the Bible. There are some sayings, there are some truths in Scripture that are tough for people to swallow. They're just a tough pill. Truths like what? Truths like man's depravity. A man's not seeking God. He's totally depraved. He's, he's not just a sinner. He's a sinner to his core. Every part of him has fallen. Truths like God's strictness about sexual purity, about sex between only a husband and a wife. That, that's hard for people in our promiscuous society to embrace. And yet that's what the Bible teaches. 
Truths like God's wrath. God is angry with the wicked. The Bible says all the day long. And eternal hell. That it is, you mean, for forever? He doesn't annihilate us. That's right. It's forever and ever. People have a hard time with that. Doctrines like these are offensive to the natural man. And, and I understand that. And we understand that. People don't like to hear that they are sinners to the core. They don't say thank you for telling me I'm such a rotten person. They don't like to hear that they are by nature rebellious. That that's their nature. They don't just sin once in a while. They don't just have a few bad habits. It's their very nature. They don't like to hear, as I said, about the strict sexual standards that God has established. They don't like to hear that they are deserving of hell and God's wrath and judgment forever and ever. They don't like to hear that. They don't like to hear about grace. They don't like to hear that there's nothing they could do to earn their salvation. But regardless of whether or not they like it or whether or not it's palatable to people, Jesus said that we are to proclaim it anyway. That's what he means by fearless proclamation. All of it, holding back nothing. And that is a very important point for us to grasp. And I'll tell you why. Because it is not uncommon to hear someone, even those who claim to be Christian leaders, to speak only about certain positive aspects and elements of God's truth, but they leave out the negative things. They're very popular. They're often on television programs. They write books, sometimes on on radio. And, And people love it because they never offend anybody. Who would get annoyed hearing that God loves you? Who would possibly get annoyed? But they conveniently leave out negative elements of the word of God. And what you have is only a half-preached truth. And when you do that, you, you don't preach the whole truth. You distort the truth. Truth out of balance is heresy. And why do they do this? Because the negative aspects of God's word, those hard sayings, are offensive to people. You don't get money coming in when you offend people. You don't sell books like that. And so, uh, for example, what about God's love? Well, what could possibly be negative about that? Well, the negative aspect is God's love is primarily revealed by the cross of Christ. That's what Paul said in Romans chapter 5. God displayed his love in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The greatest demonstration of the love of God is the cross of Christ. But the cross of Christ reveals that we are sinners whom God indeed loves, but we still deserve punishment and wrath. And Jesus was dying in the place of sinners. What he experienced, we should have experienced. That would have been justice. Justice was poured out, but upon his son. That's a negative truth. I mean, what they did to Jesus, they should have done to us. What God the Father turned his back on his son And Jesus said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That should have been us. Absolutely. Absolutely. See, but if we leave this aspect of God's love out of our message, then Christ's command to publicly proclaim what's been whispered to the apostles in private, it's just been disobeyed. To leave out part of the message and not teach the whole counsel of God is to disobey. And folks, we are called to faithfully proclaim the gospel of Christ, even if there are elements in that gospel, and there are, that are not appreciated and well-received by others. But why do we proclaim it? Because we don't have anything to fear. We, first of all, want to be faithful to the Lord. But secondly, we don't need to fear what people think about us because Jesus said that in the end, they'll know the truth anyway. You are just being a faithful messenger of the King. Let's bow for prayer. I want to encourage and give an assignment to each of you. I want to assign you the task of meditating 
on these truths that we've taught today. Because it is very easy and probably happens far more often than it should that we just leave church and don't give another moment's thought to anything that God's word has said that day. So I want to assign you the thought of meditating on this, thinking about this, giving some hard thinking to your own life in terms of fear, who you might be afraid of to speak about to speak to about Christ. Think about what Jesus said. Whatever is concealed will be revealed. I want you to digest it. I want you to make it a part of you. You do that, folks, and your witnessing is going to take on a new boldness. And that's, and that's my prayer for you as I've been studying and praying for Lakeside this week and what we would do with this message that you would have, and I would have, a new boldness. Not to be abrasive, not to be, not to be nasty to people, not to be insensitive, but to courageously, sensitively, compassionately be unafraid to share the gospel. So I'd like you to be thinking about this. Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, then hear it, receive it. And if you have never trusted Christ as your Lord and Savior, then consider the truths of the gospel that that might be offensive to you. That, that might bother you. Why, do they bother, why does it bother you? Does it bother you to hear that you're a sinner? You have to come to that point where you know that you're a lost sinner, spiritually bankrupt before you'll ever come to a Savior. You have to come to that point. So those who tell you this tell you because they love you. You have to know that you're a sinner and that you need to repent of your sin, which means turn from whatever you're aware of as sin, but turn to the Savior who died for sinners. You turn to him for the forgiveness of sin. It's only found in Christ. He paid the debt of sinners. I urge you to trust him. The Bible says, whoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved from God's wrath. Well, Father, thank you for... These words from Jesus, Lord, it it, it hits us where we are. We are fearful at times, especially with, with those who are closest to us. We do care too much about what people think about us. So I pray that that these truths will free us. You'll liberate us from the bondage of our fears and that we might boldly proclaim you, Lord, always remembering that in the end, whatever has been concealed will be revealed. Lord, I pray that you'll take these words and transform our lives. And I pray for those who don't know Christ, that you'll use your word to draw them to yourself, that they would receive the truth of the gospel. And thus receiving the truth of the gospel, they will receive him who said, believe on me and you'll have eternal life. And we pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Will you do what Pastor Steve asked? Will you chew on these concepts and commands from the Lord Jesus? I hope you find it as encouraging as I do that even though people debate and reject the gospel, there will be a time when everything will be revealed with crystal clarity. The caution, though, is that when that time comes, if you have not yet believed God's message, it will be too late. So if you're still considering the claims of Christ, I hope you'll make your decision for Him right now. We're glad you could be with us today for Verse by Verse. Our instructor, pastor-teacher Steve Kreloff, has been serving for more than 26 years at Lakeside Community Chapel in Clearwater, Florida. His expository, or verse-by-verse messages, come to you through this radio station and the work of Verse-by-Verse Ministries. 
We're a faith ministry supported by the prayers and gifts of interested listeners who are first faithful to their own churches. Today's lesson was the conclusion of a three-part message. To hear the entire message at once, please call us at 727-441-1714. Leave your name and a number, and we will return your call during weekday office hours so that you can order an audio CD or a cassette tape. That number again, 727-441-1714. If you would like to listen again to today's class, please visit our website, versebyverseradio.org. We not only have this broadcast, but many previous ones available at the website. Once again, it's versebyverseradio.org. In our next class, Pastor Steve will continue this study of Fearless Proclamation. Some of the most courageous sermons ever preached are described in the book of Acts. Peter, the man who, after promising to die for Jesus and then denying him three times during Jesus' trial and crucifixion, delivered a take-no-prisoners sermon in Acts chapter 3. And Peter wasn't the only courageous preacher in those days. Stephen and Paul were incredibly brave as well. When you read what these men said, you have to wonder how they had the boldness to say such things to such hostile audiences. Let's get together for the next verse by verse and see what we can learn from their examples. I'm Peter Silsap. 